0: Hi, and welcome to our podcast called the GDPR series, where we discuss data protection, privacy, and cybersecurity matters that ordinary people in everyday businesses face. We have a series of really interesting and lovely guests, and we hope you enjoy listening along with us. Good morning, Andrea. It is fantastic to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Philippa. Thank you for having me. Very excited. (laughs) Okay, so as you know, we've been doing a series called, um, well, the GDPR series. In my head, I keep thinking of GDPR issue, (laughs) which it really is. But anyway, it's the GDPR series. And um, we're talking to people across business, SME owners, as well as people who work in the industry. And you are actually both. Um, Your focus is not entirely on the GDPR and data protection. You have an extended focus. Um, I will leave you to introduce yourself, okay, while I go over and find your website on a screen, yeah, it's open, so go for it. Give us your pitch, Andrea. Okay, so I have a very varied background, and the
1: best way to describe me is I am a square pig that does not want to fit into a round hole. Yeah, that's a good description, yeah. (laughs) So I set out life in the hospitality industry, but I've always been in marketing and in sales. But I was that child who could pl- program the video recorder and I've always loved tech. And everything I do in life, I always start at the position like, yes, and then I just go and figure out how. And that's tech, that's business, that's everything.
0: Yeah.
1: So I went back to college and did a degree in business information systems. Same thing, I just said yes, and then kind of figured it out. I had no idea what I was taking on and the next thing there I was, doing programming and data modeling and Mm. financial accounting, thinking, oh, my God, how did I land up here? But somehow sort of that one step at a time approach, I got to the end and I finished my degree. During my degree, I got to do an internship, which is the most valuable part of the degree, and I would Mm. recommend this to anyone. And I landed up at the Tech Startup One Page CRM. And same thing. He looked at me and he was kind of seeing the square peg and couldn't find a hole for me. And I mentioned that I love anything legal. And if I'd had a second life, I would have done a a legal degree. And when I've got just the job for you and it was GDPR because this was prior to May 2018. And I hated it. I was like, oh, my God. But I'm an optimist. So I took it and I kind of consumed GDPR there was nothing I didn't know about GDPR and I was determined to find the positive in it and I did find the positive in it and that is what I did and so my job was to kind of map the data figure it all out see what the competitors were doing and then be the communicator back to the company to explain what GDPR was and that was another side that I realized I loved was the training. And I yeah. I mean, they made me do the training for the developers. And I was like, you can't make me tell, you know, software engineers about password protection. Well, you can, because there was one who had their passwords on a post-it. So everybody needs training and you must never assume. Yeah. So through that, through that internship, they kind of planted this love for GDPR. Yeah. And one of the funniest things was the whole way through, I... Everybody was sending out these repermissioning emails. So oh, yeah. I was dealing with them at One Page CRM, but I was also dealing with them in my own company. And every time somebody got one of them, they'd forward it on to me. So while the average person was getting 10 a day, I was getting 100 a day. So that is like. my lasting memory of gdpr and i was getting them from people saying but my solicitor sent me this one so it has to be right i'm like no (laughs) but my doctor sent me this one so it has to be Uh right no
0: (laughs) yeah i think everybody like completely damaged their domain reputation scores during those couple of months because i think people were just like deleting and most of them just landed up in spam anyway oh gosh no
1: and they just followed like sheep and you know what it reminds me of is I lived in the UK for a long time yeah. and there was this whole thing with Brexit they kind of analyzed why the EU had such a bad name and it was because the newspapers every day were printing stupid stories like the yeah. EU says we must have straight bananas the EU yeah. says this the EU says this yeah that's yeah. actually nonsense But it was that drip feed and then people believed that EU was a bad thing. And I almost feel like the same thing happened to GDPR. This drip feed of nonsense that wasn't even true. And now everybody has this completely wrong perception of GDPR, which brings me to how I set up data influence. I need to change the perception of GDPR.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Andrea, I'll add to that. And I think I might have said it to somebody else. It will probably come up in one of the other podcasts. But Um, if it wasn't in the one with Liam that I was very surprised coming from South Africa where our sort of culture for the most part is work together, you know, give somebody a hand up because if you succeed, I succeed, you know, and it's better for everybody instead of just sort of shoving each other down. When I sort of started looking at social media, you know, and and talk around around data protection and, and GDPR specifically, um, this phrase scaremongering came up over and over and over again. Oh, don't pay attention to that. That person is just a scaremongerer. Don't pay attention to that. That is just scaremongering. And I think that um, the industry did itself no favors by entrenching that phrase into everyday language and attaching it to GDPR because we're now in a space where people's kind of automatic reaction to you saying have you you know how's your compliance going how's your data protection compliance you know have you dealt with your GDPR obligations they the trigger is oh I don't need to she's just scaremongering you know Um, and it's, it's just like this this wall up in a lot of people they don't want to deal with it so i don't know what you have to say about that because like talking about getting a fine yeah i know it's extreme to say everybody's going to get a four percent whatever global annual turnover fine but talking about it and saying that's the potential the potential is also that the commission comes in and says oh sorry you can't do this like they did with facebook last week um and the dating app Sorry, you can't do this. You have to stop while we investigate and while we do the correct, um, you know, compliance assessments, the documentation assessments. Okay. so is that scaremongering or is that actually creating awareness around the reality of what this law has the potential to do? Well, there's a lot
1: to unpack there. But yeah. so my background has always been in small business and I understand yeah. small business. And I okay. do think the GDPR puts a really unfair burden on the small business. It's one regulation that Facebook and the man with four employees needs to still, you know, do together. Yeah. So I just say to, I start off and I say to people and they're quite shocked. I mean, you know what? Let's just put GDPR in the bin for now. Let's just put it over there and let's not even talk about it. And let's just talk about your business. And then I start. Just in almost a conversational form, saying, you know, does every when you send your guys out, do they have all their all your customer data on their mobile phones? Yeah. Um, and I know every I I always know the answer to this question. I'm like a lawyer. Don't ask a question until you know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Say, have you got all your passwords on an Excel spreadsheet on your computer? They're like, yeah, because <laughs> everybody does the same thing. But yeah. once I start explaining to them like what the The repercussions of that on how easy it would be to gain access to all their passwords. And then imagine if they lost all their customer data and they kind of woke up in the morning and they came in and actually there were no customer records. There was no details. There was nothing. Then what do they do? And then you start to build and you say, okay, this is all you know, this is cybersecurity and cybersecurity is a lot more sexy than GDPR yeah yeah so we go through this and it's it's real life stuff we all have millions of apps you know the typical small company and that is Ireland. It, yes there's the big enterprises but it's actually small businesses and you've yeah. got lot, all of these
0: 250,000 smes
1: yeah so you're it's... using things like monday.com and you're using gmail and you're using you yeah. know all these little products who you probably don't even have an it department nobody does Andrea. yeah so who's managing these who's that they're all secure who's making sure that who's got access to them or like the interns left and now she's got all the passwords to everything yes. they yes. don't have an IT department so I'm that's I'm the IT department I'm coming in I'm saying okay let's draw a picture of what's happening yes. what you've got where it's going and mm-hmm. let's sort it out let's just make it a little bit safer and it, if I explain how easy it is to crack a password with a great story yeah then by the by the time I'm finished they're like okay how do I sign up for a password manager yeah yeah and then yeah. The next stage, and I just say, it's just about getting your GDPR ducks in a row. Document everything. Just have all the paperwork to prove what you're doing. Yeah. And then your GDPR is done. But you're also in a great position that your company is not going to fold because with, like, ransomware, they say that if a a small company's hit with ransomware, within six months, they fold. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, we we got those figures at the... um, at the uh, breakfast briefing I was at last week. Um, And for some companies, it's as soon as three months, Andrea. It does not even extend to six months. Like, it's done. Once once that call comes in, it's done. Just before Christmas, and it really kind
1: of sticks with me, they were based in Arkansas, and they were a tech marketing company.
0: Yes, this one really got to me. They
1: were doing so well that they were giving away a cruise as, like, a prize to their top employee. And they were hit with ransomware. And this was just before Christmas, yes. 2nd yes. of January, they had to let their 300 staff go. And that was yes. a family firm that had been in business for years. And yes. that, it honestly, it just breaks my heart. So when I want to help people, it is it is truly from that position that you're a small yes. company. And you, if you just had a little bit of GDPR, which is just some housekeeping, yes. they, that company would have been fine. They would have been able to recover. They would have had a backup. They would have had a plan. They, you know, it's it's just pre- prevention.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but having said that, it's just prevention. Do you not think that most people just don't think about this stuff? Like they just, it doesn't cross their mind to think about ransomware and the effect on their business. Do you know what? There's two parts. First of all, a lot of people just don't care.
1: Like it, it, They don't even get to the point where they want to find out whether they should think about it. But a lot of people, you see, we live in our filter bubble. So we're we're on Twitter in that community. We're on LinkedIn yeah. in that
0: community. And, and on LinkedIn that note, before story. you carry on, I'm so I'm so aware of that because it's like if you get into a groupthink state and you create blind spots, you yeah. know. So carry so on. I sorry. I know
1: what malware is, yeah. but there's people yeah. that don't know what malware is. Yeah. Um, I know that you should, like we were talking about this yesterday, you know, how many people, they go to a web developer, they get their website, it's built on WordPress, web, yeah. web developer signs yeah. off. Who does the updates? Nobody.
0: And they don't even know how to log in, Andrea. Most people don't know how to log into those websites. And so here we see here we see like a bit of a sort of a conundrum coming in where um, like you would have uh, lawyers saying that kind of. Um, oversight should be built into law okay and then translated into systems so by oversight I mean web developers are kind of an unregulated uh what do you call a profession right anybody can put up a uh, uh, anybody can put up a website <laughs> and we do <did> it ourselves <laughs> anybody can put up a website and just be a web developer <laughs> okay but in all seriousness like they obviously have a skill set that's sorely needed, and they are very much appreciated. So this is not you know condemning web developers by by any means. Um we've all done done it in our past, I suppose, as as a bit of our jobs. I'm sure you have made websites for people at one stage. But like is there a code of conduct? Is there a standard way of handing over a site? Is there um, you know a recognized checklist of security measures? and here we go into data protection by design and default. They're bound by these things as well. And I think that they don't even realize, Andrea, that they're bound by them as service providers to people, you know.
1: That's it. And I mean, sometimes their contact is just to hand over a website and there's no further contact. And then somebody in marketing looks after the website, but then they leave. And whose job is it to do the updates? And that's why i just, it's, I always say like, if you, if you could go to the GP once a year and have your sort of, NCT, have all your yeah. bloods taken, have the whole thing. Yeah. You'll probably never need to see them again until yeah. the following year. And if yeah. you could just do it for every company, go in and have a 24-point check, or it's probably a little bit, a few more points than that, and just go through all these things and do a check for their sort of health. But yeah. that's what GDPR is. And if yeah. people knew that, so you're yeah. getting a free health check for your company.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Most of the time, I would say, nearly every single one of my clients has discovered some kind of cost saving along the way you know so they might be spending money on your consulting or your um you know your implementation of a system to manage data manage their compliance but if you do the cost analysis over even a year or two they'll end up saving money somewhere be it in subscription fees for software they didn't need be it in time saving, be it in whatever. So we see those positives, um, you know, and trying to get the message out is a challenge. But that's why, exactly why, we're we're here talking very obviously, you know. And hopefully, just,
1: it, yeah. it will get there. Like you, you automatically now you you bring an accountant in for that same reason. Just pay a yeah. professional knows their stuff, and actually, you know that they'll save you time and they'll pro- they'll more than likely save you money. Yeah, and you've yeah. got money in your budget, and you pay for a professional. And I just think that the, the data privacy person, or the GDPR person, or whatever you want to call them, is yeah. going to become that professional. And that's what we have to set ourselves up at yeah. is that the, it's in your 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 suite of professionals that you get yeah. in when you need to do stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose like um, when we think about it, we would like to see and. And again, I'll say it because I've said it before, this is not kind of uh, a money making promotion, not at all. It's really like very deeply trying to create that sense of awareness for the need for that check and the need for that partner and the need for that expertise. So we would like to see compliance, cyber security compliance, because it will become that we're Hmm. heading that way. Where we'll have like a gdpr for cyber if you want to say it it's it's kind of written in anyway. your security measures are needed but i i believe that very soon we'll start seeing a recognized set of regulations for cyber core businesses the cost is too high at the moment for cyber non-compliance so we would see cyber compliance and data protection compliance as a core pillar in the business you know compliance should be a core pillar for everybody, just like your marketing, your whatever. You know, if you don't do it, the cost to your business is so high. You know, you can hear I really like I really battle to um I really battle to process the mindset of a business owner that doesn't want to have their ducks in a row. That's just me personally.
1: But then there's another side of it, and we're all guilty of this. I mean, have you ever been to your GP and told them that you Googled your symptoms?
0: Oh, every single time. And I say to them, I know what you're going to say. And then it's on their
1: face when you tell them. Oh, yeah, I
0: know, because, yeah, exactly.
1: So we're all kind of gatekeepers of our domain, and we're all guilty of this. We do it. And unfortunately, the cyber community and the privacy community are just the same. And it's like, actually, we know so much. Like, you know, Article 99 and Article 17 and Uh Article… And we, we like you listen you have to have us because we're you know we're the experts but we're not prepared to share it and i think what, what i want to make the difference and i know you make the difference and it's a bit like when you built a wordpress website for them it was to empower them that when you yeah. left them they could go make their own edits so yeah. when we go in and we do gdpr if we train them and teach them and say okay now you know knowledge is empowerment yeah, yeah. you know this stuff you can manage this yourself because you haven't got a huge budget I'll just come back in a year's time and give you another health check and give you another list of to-dos. And that's where, you know, like an app that tells you what you need to do and the fixes that you can manage your data yourself. We have to, as privacy people, empower everybody and not be the gatekeepers and not use things like Article 17 and Article 19 because really – who yeah. actually knows what that is
0: other than us? Yeah, yeah exactly, Andrea. And, and that was precisely what I said to a couple of the SME owners that were chatting to to please come and talk to me because they've done their data protection compliance. And they, they, a couple did it themselves, like entirely themselves. And I said to them, I think we speak a different language to what people need to hear. So part of this discussing is exactly what you're saying there, that we need to find middle ground or we actually need to go as as professionals in this field we need to go further than the middle ground and we need to meet people where they're at and um it's quite uh it's quite um not a scary thing but people battle with this idea of giving knowledge because then nobody's ever going to pay you for it but like i know myself we give so we give so much information out like i i'm very aware You know, as a a lawyer, even though I'm not really allowed to say that whatever in Ireland, like, but I'm very aware as a lawyer that you have to give information responsibly. So I'm not going to chuck out a bunch of templates and policies and whatever and say to people, go wild, because there is the potential for error there. If I do say, here's a starting point to do your documentation, you will please refer it back to me to check for you. To that's make it. sure you haven't made the mistake, you know. But so, that's the perfect yeah. solution.
1: So it's a little bit of DIY, it's understanding exactly. their budget, it's understanding exactly. their limited resources, but it's also teaching them and empowering them. Yeah. And then they're not, because, they, you know, the consultant sometimes get a ba- gets a bad name. You yeah. know, come in, do this, here's my bill. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. not that. Yeah. I sent you some questions, Andrea, that we are talking about with everybody who comes on the chat. And we have covered a couple of them. Um, you know, we've spoken about opportunities for your own business and opportunities for clients. But I think what I would like to ask you is the GDPR personally, okay, because I say it every time and I say it again to you. I get asked often when I'm interviewed or If I'm talking to people in management, do you think the GDPR is a good thing or a bad thing? And my response is instantly, it's definitely a good thing. And these are the reasons why. And I have my reasons. So when I'm talking to people like you, you know, where it's your life, cyber and data protection is your life, really. We all have our own personal stories to tell. So has it impacted on you personally in a positive way? You know, have you had a good experience where the GDPR was kind of central to that good experience?
1: Well, I'm a parent, so I can tell you something that I read privacy policies for fun as a yeah. parent. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that when I was at college, so I was with, you know, the sort of 18 to 20 year olds, I had a whole insight into a different generation, which was so valuable, but yeah. they are the sharing generation. They do not care about sharing anything. Yeah. They, they are the most risky ones when it comes to sharing passwords um they grew up in a in a world where you share everything you wake up in the morning and you're feeling hungover. you take a selfie and yeah, you their entire life yeah
0: yeah
1: so you know certainly for me as a parent i i look to that privacy policy and i i do i feel like it's a little bit of insurance um, if something goes wrong, or if I need reassurance, or so I want to know that actually, when my daughter's signing up to stuff and doing stuff, that it is regulated, and that if something happens, I have powers
0: yeah. that can take
1: mm-hmm. things back.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of saying it, Andrea. It's like an insurance policy. You know, it's not a sil- silver bullet. It's um, definitely is an insurance policy because it's it's that's that trust. You know do we live in a constant state of fear over the risk or do we trust with our insurance policy and use tools that enrich our life because Mm -hmm. i'd say this again for us personally i have i have a fitbit on (laughs) there we go there's there's the Mm -hmm. fitbit everybody can see it and most people would go what the actual hell are you doing with that thing on your arm and i'll say Reminding myself to actually get up with a chair during the day, because without it, you know, I know I can set an alarm and I can do all sorts of other things to monitor my health and to get moving and to do whatever. But this is everything in one. And I need that right now. You know, so I'm prepared to forego on my absolute, you know, private identity yeah. and hope that they fulfill their data protection obligations in a way that they should.
1: That's it. I mean I love tech. I don't want to go back to the year of the Oxwagon, you know. I,
0: I love That's the fact a that South we've got smart. reference, Andrea.
1: <laughs> okay, a horse and cart. Yeah, there we go.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I love the fact that we've got an Alexa in the house. Yes, we've turned the camera off, but I love arguing with her. Oh yeah. And you I know, I like the smart light the bulb. And yeah. I like talking to Siri when I'm driving and arguing with Siri. I love tech. But I also want to be protected by it. And the GDPR is the best we've got at the moment. We need mm. to make it work. There need to be some more test cases. I say my favorite one, which I'm following, is the man who wants to leave the Catholic Church and he's using GDPR.
0: i oh, posted that, yeah. I'd it's like to read the full brilliant.
1: thing. Brilliant. You, yeah. you need to look him up. He's um, Marty Meany, and his website is goose.ie. Okay. And it's an ongoing story. But, if, you know, it was sent, by, sent to me by somebody who can't stand GDPR. Oh, yeah. And I went, you see. I've oh got you living and loving GDPR. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and again, it's a test case. We yeah. can see where it's going to go, yeah. and we can look at the good and the bad. And it's it's a brilliant one because it's bringing it into the mainstream and it's making people think.
0: Yeah, it's, that's a very very personal one. That's a highly personal one, you know, and it does it like goes to the extremes of private life. Um, really, that that case does. So, I, I'm really interested to see how far it goes, um, sort of more so than the, you know, like, as an immigrant, I, I don't have, I I can't keep anything to myself. Like, that's just how it is. My life is an open book. So, when I see, like, the PSC card cases, you know, the public services card cases, I'm just like, oh, well, <laughs> some of us didn't have a choice, you know, at all. Like, we had to register for those when we arrived here there was literally no choice like you have to have it whether you like it or not you know so for me those cases are kind of i I sit on the sidelines personally and watch it happening for the legal principle but um this one with the, the the church must forget me like that's you know that's like going right into the soul of this matter you know no. well punishment. yesterday on
1: twitter there was a huge debate and all with the you know caroline flack and her suicide and then everybody yes, was saying, yeah. okay so if you want to be on twitter you must give them your passport number and you must be registered and verified okay. and obviously they it came from the heart it came from a really good place but they didn't see it from the privacy side and it was good debate it was very respectful, and people were saying, hold on a second, will you trust Twitter with your passport number? Does everybody even have a passport number? No, they don't. What they about don't. the people that it's not safe to be visible it, on Twitter? Exactly, that was going
0: to be my point, exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it was a great debate because it brought, you didn't have to use the words GDPR, but it brought GDPR into a conversation that affects everybody, and everybody wants the same, same outcome. It's just, you know, better behavior online. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then um, I had a, a listen to Emerald Deleuze's TED talk. Yes, I really did. too. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. And I've kind of been, and if, if Ems ever listens to this, this is absolutely not a criticism at all. This is like my introspection on the conclusion where Ems poses a solution to um, mismanagement of privacy. Now we're sort of digressing off the path of GDPR a little bit, but it does relate. The mismanagement of our privacy by um, the solution is to to pay for services. And I kind of listened to that and I was like, yeah, I pay for YouTube premium. I still get tracked, I know that. I still get profiled, I know that. So like paying for services to make it worthwhile for service providers to provide a service is actually it's it's you know it's it's not that doesn't make them behave better no it and doesn't make them behave better
1: to be like, honest the trolls were only feeding off the some of the very sort of outspoken public figures and yeah. public media They were just feeding off them who got loads of money, who could be verified, who could pay for a premium service. So it doesn't solve the problem. I mean, nobody has a solution. But I love the fact that it is bringing GDPR or privacy. Oh, yes, we're talking about it. Yeah. And making people think and making them look at all sides of the argument. And I think, you know, that's where our duty is, is to to help that informed debate. Yeah,
0: yeah. In simple terms. Yeah. And, find, you know, try and come
1: up with a solution.
0: Yeah, and you know what, like, if you do a bit of reading on um, sort of systems theory and complexity and wicked problems and that, like, there's a language around what we're saying and, and we possibly need to also all go and dip into that and be trained in that because it's not a, a solution to the problem, really, and I would say to myself, we need to find a solution to the problem, it's a problem, it's a, this. Is, it's not, this is life, this is yeah. life, like, how we negotiate our way through it is it's just it's it's a nudge here and a nudge there and we'll get there but I think like really the short-term focus for me and you can disagree for yourself is making sure that people stay in business you know like that's the bottom line is like making sure that people stay in business because without the safeguards that this law or without respecting the safeguards or without acknowledging without living the safeguards that this law is, is requiring you're exposing your business and I'm not talking about a four percent fine I'm talking simply about the non-awareness of the measures that you should have in place over your data and other people's data in your business over the data you care for that is going to cost you your business
1: but you know what I do when I go into the company because it is so overwhelming and I just say to them okay let's start with where are you visible and where are you vulnerable? So where are you visible? You're visible yeah. on your website. You're visible yeah. if you're sending out a newsletter. You're visible if you're running a competition. Your people are, can see what you're doing. And if you're not doing it right with regards to GDPR, they can come after you because they can see it. Where are you vulnerable? Well, you're vulnerable if you're using the same password in lots of different places. If you haven't yeah. got a policy for you know, movers and leavers and they're going to run off with your client list
0: yeah and you know what
1: just break it down where are you visible where are you vulnerable and start there's a whole bunch of other stuff you need to deal with but just begin there and it's a really
0: simple strategy yeah it's a good one Andrea I really love that it's here on your website as well I've been forgetting to scroll through for the video section um you and know, then I've got another one, which is my African roots,
1: where we yeah. have that saying, how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time because it's yeah. so overwhelming. Yeah. Even me, when I started GDPR, I was like, oh, my God, just take it one bite at a time. You're not going to do your GDPR, tick it off and be fully done. It's an ongoing thing, maybe five years. If you worked at it every day and treated, yeah. maybe you could yeah. say GDPR is perfect. But it's three to five years. A, it,
0: it's yes. ongoing yeah in three years if you're absolutely dedicated to it and every single time you make a business change you know if you decide to introduce a new um product or solution or you're going after a new market you know um a different jurisdiction you're exporting whatever like as much as people do their tax preparation they need to do their data protection um preparation for that as well okay andrea i um I'm going to ask you here to share a positive story. Hmm. One, one positive story where somebody had a light bulb moment and it really made a real difference to them. Your inputs on data protection.
1: Oh my god, I had one. Now I can't remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to edit this out.
0: No, that's fine.
1: Okay, the one I have helped, and I have helped a company now who have twice been hit, they were sending out PDF invoices to clients with big fat deposits like $20,000. And when the invoice was reaching the client, who were a couple in their 70s, they happily paid the deposit into the bank details that were on the invoice. And nobody, everybody thinks PDFs are unchangeable. And so I'm sharing this story far and wide because if I can just get everybody to move over to a, a system where you're encrypting your emails or encrypting your PDFs, yeah. we've saved everybody a lot of money. Because the same thing is, and I keep saying to them, don't, don't be embarrassed, don't think, because a Dutch museum, yeah. a Dutch art gallery, the same thing happened to them. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to court. And who, who's liable? They've, the guy who's got the painting, he's not going to give it up. The museums paid the money, but they've not got the painting for the money. The guy never got the money. He's never, never going to give up the painting.
0: Yeah. It's
1: a terrible conundrum, and it's happening more and more and more.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very, very simple things like that. That, um, you know, we can write a checklist and email it out to people. But when you're standing in front of a group of people and training them and telling them these stories, like the impact on somebody to hear about that is it the information lasts much longer with them you know and we put in a simple fix with Mike from
1: with his mail. Yeah,
0: yeah and he
1: trained everybody and within a week yeah. they were 100% better off they put in a password manager yeah. they were I don't know I can't even count the percentage how yeah. much better off they yeah. were because everybody was using simple passwords
0: yeah so two
1: yeah. simple check fixes and that company now is so
0: much better off yeah, and it reduces the risk immensely um, and that's, that's what we're aiming to do. Okay, so we've spoken about a lot and we've kind of discussed the challenges of working in the field and the challenges that business owners face, people in organisations. I can add to the, that pool of challenges and say that the stress and anxiety on people in larger organisations You know that are tasked with data protection compliance um, is huge. So I think what we want people to know and to understand is that there is help out there, and we do want to share our knowledge. We really do, Um, and we do online. You post stuff. You write articles. You know we're we're doing a series of podcasts, and we would encourage people to set aside. A small amount of time in their week even once a month a couple of hours to sit and just try and absorb a bit of it and to start planning for their compliance um, and i am going to say to everybody listening andrea is one of our serity support consultants we only have a small handful um, three others besides myself and andrea would be the first um, that signed on with us to do serity um, audits and I would really encourage people to phone you for either an audit or for training because um, if you're not quite ready to commit to a consulting process, training is definitely um, a great way to start exploring what your responsibilities are. So please everybody just engage with Andrea and what? where can they follow you, Andrea? Where's the best place to find you?
1: Um, Well, I'm very active on my favorite place, which is Twitter. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And my my Twitter is um, Andrea Data and my website is datainfluence.ie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I'm
1: happy to just have a conversation. Everything begins with a conversation. And that is, you know, there's no cost to a
0: conversation. Exactly. And um, I love your word search. There it is. Uh, You're on LinkedIn as well. uh, But I think you chat more on Twitter. Okay, so if you could give one of your potential clients a piece of advice, Andrea, what would that piece of advice be? I always tell them to do the surprise test. Oh, yeah. If I
1: buy a new car from you and you email me a year later and say your car is due for a service, I'm not surprised. If you email me six months later after buying a car and telling me that you've got tyres on special, I'd be like, seriously, dude? That's it. So if it doesn't pass the surprise test, and it fails GDPR it's as simple as that
0: yeah 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 um yeah that is a good piece of advice um, and the surprise test to be technically correct would be part of your legitimate interest assessment the three-step test so if you want to go and google legitimate interest assessment you will see that andrea has summed it up very very well in the surprise test and i love that and in plain yeah. plain simple language you know i i I'm, i've made a commitment
1: that i will stay away from jargon as much as i can yeah. because yeah. we have to be we have
0: to be relatable we have to be understandable. Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to add, Andrea? Um,
1: no, I just think that, Philippa, these podcasts are, are wonderful. And I think you're doing Thank a you. great service and just getting the word out there and getting more women into the, the cybersphere, which yes. we need. Yes. Um, you know, and you know. the reason I set up my business was yeah. that whole thing of be the change you want to see. And yes, you know, yeah. that was the, my my fundamental reason for, for yeah. setting this up
0: yeah and and i'll add to that andrea and say that um you know my inbox is always open and i mean that i might like schedule you for a week's time if i have to but my inbox is always open to somebody who wants some advice on you know where they can fit in in the space you know if they do want to break into um cyber work or data protection work i am always happy especially um girls growing up into the field or women wanting to make a change or you know what? Even if you're in the industry and you're battling, like, please reach out and, and have a chat because we all know how difficult and how lonely it can be sometimes. And, you know, there are people, there are support groups, there are shoulders to cry on and, you know, um, sounding boards to bounce things off. So I think like you would be similar, Andrea. I don't want to offer your time up for no, nothing. I am the same. Yeah. Is that mentorship
1: that is doing something yeah. practical. It, everybody can talk about diversity but, yeah. you know, inclusion is a verb. That's my other one that I keep saying. You actually yes. have to, yeah. what are you going to do? ignore not saying, oh, yeah. could, you know, we practice diversity. Uh, what? Yeah. But what yeah. are you actually doing and offering mentorship and yeah. reaching out to people that maybe don't fit the mold, who are the square yeah. pegs in a round hole. Yeah. That's how you make a difference.
0: Yeah. That when when I was um, chatting on the AIB panel, the network um, Ireland AIB, network Dublin AIB panel there. One of the questions they asked, um, and I wasn't asked directly this question, but one of the questions put to us was, how do we encourage more um, girls to enter the field? You know, because I suppose it was a network event that it was was phrased that way. So we can broaden that and say diversity. And it would also boil down to breaking down the stereotypes. You know, I think this South African stereotype of like cyber people was somebody in a hoodie, uh, you know, in a dark room, not, um, you know, like mingling with the outside world at all. So I think when you're a a, sort of a bright student in high school and you look at that, you kind of go like, (laughs) no, I don't want to be that person. So whatever stereotypes have been created, we need to break those down and actually show our faces and go, yeah, like I'm a mom of two kids and I have too many dogs and, you know, we grow potatoes in our backyard and we live out in the country, but I'm pretty damn good at what I do. Yeah, so, but you yeah. know what, that,
1: that just sums you up. It says you're resourceful. And there yeah. was a thing I read today, the guy who kind of turned Porsche around and he said, yeah. employ for character, teach for skill. Yeah, you yeah. Know?
0: exactly. Exactly. And that's it. So, you know, I think that's your journey as well, Andrea, is you found a space where you can shine. And we most certainly do value your your unique skills in absolutely simplifying and making this relatable like if i have to say one thing about you is you absolutely make this whole space relatable to people and that's a huge skill and a huge plus so thank you for bringing that well thank you for bringing me into the fold (laughs) (laughs) no you did that yourself you really did that yourself a lot of hard work and dedication thank you so much for for chatting with with us today Andrea um it's been a pleasure um it always is a pleasure to talk to you and I hope even though our discussion was somewhat general there's there's some real nuggets inside there um and there are resources on your website um forward slash resources for people to have a look at there's some questionnaires and um a lovely word search and Andrea's contact details. So for people not looking on video, but listening to the podcast, Andrea's website again is datainfluence.ie, um, go and have a look. And she's Andrea underscore data on Twitter. So find her there and have a chat. Thank you so much for being with us, Andrea. Thanks, Philippa. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the GDPR series. If you do, please subscribe. Find us on social media. We love to have a chat.